0: uh we are wednesday the 1st of april 2020 uh and this is our real first news update roundup of uh the cruise. Uh, i'm i'm Craig Campbell this is Jim Grant and uh <laughs> um Jim's the uh Jim's the chronologer and uh i am the um, verbologer, and uh, <laughs> And uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, offshoot some of the things I want to talk about with some of the things that uh, Jim will uh, bring up himself, I'm sure. So, uh, so welcome to our show. Uh, if you're curious about what's going on in uh, particularly COVID-19 land, as they like to call it, then uh, you, some of this may be interesting to you.
1: I'm just going to close my windows because I smell burning. <laughs> Not the yeah. right way to start the show, is it?
0: Yeah, before it's made legal. Well, probably had a bonfire outside before it's made illegal <laughs> yeah. sorry it's outside <laughs> no need to
1: panic <laughs> yeah
0: yeah at first
1: yeah no need to panic huh it's it's a pretty, uh,
0: pretty handy way to get people out of buildings yeah. Fire. <laughs> pretty handy uh, I, I learned an expression from this uh, from this outbreak early days of wise soul on Twitter a random but real early in the game, like kind of, you know, no later than mid-January, just said, if you're going to panic, it's best to do it early. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you say what you want about panicking, but when you're doing it late, you just look like a retard. And that's where we're at. That's where we're watching the Tory government uh, present themselves as panicking late. Very odd.
1: It's interesting, should, isn't it? Should that dovetail into some of the, the first points that I want to make? Yes,
0: hit it. Yeah, tell me all about it. Where do you think well, we're at? It's people, the, the, as again, to I again repeat,
1: first, of to first of April. About why we do? Well, at least while I'm doing this podcast sure. and uh, what I aim to cover. Yeah, this sure. was something that you and I had claimed to um, tried to do before the virus even broke out. We put a pilot episode in the bag of just yeah. like views on the world and everything like yes. that. So now. You know, we've got more time in our hands to do it more than ever. Yeah. And um, what I wanted to talk about, what did I wanted to present, was factual mainstream evidence mm. that perhaps I don't see people talking about social media enough. It's out there. It's not a conspiracy theory. No. It's just pieces of news articles that perhaps put together, people might see things in slightly different pictures. And I wouldn't be here or- to say... To they listen to you yeah. or to me, but to do their own research. And I've compiled a load sure. of articles. I emailed them over to you earlier. Yeah, uh, I'll put them up on our Facebook page, which is Cruz and my Jim Grant comedy page, for people yeah. to be able to anything that we don't cover in this podcast. People yeah. can think for themselves, ask their own questions, and look into things themselves. So the first point I wanted to make, Craig, was yeah. we're under national lockdown but the borders are still open. So um, if you want to talk about that while I bring up, and to anyone watching this, this is completely unrehearsed. So we're not tech experts. So I'm going to bring up a couple of articles while I talk about it and while you give your views on that.
0: Sure, and if I can also give uh, a synopsis of what you just said, is that we can also uh, uh, understand that we will also present what, mainstream purports as fact so it's like it's another set of facts but we're but we're using their building blocks if if they've if they've vetted it then we'll comment on it as such as far as uh not stopping uh planes coming directly even from wuhan which most people aren't aware of the last flight came in direct from wuhan on the 29th of january Again, a lot of, as Jim just said, a lot of this will come off the top of our heads, but I'm quite firm on this one. I believe also it was a Wednesday. And uh, I think that the actual lockdown of Wuhan that Jim will know abundantly and a lot of people who follow this will know abundantly involved, at least at that time, uh, uh, being the 22nd of January, uh, at least five million escapees had happened from that point. So it's very hard to contextualize that even beyond the lockdown in Wuhan specifically, there were still direct flights going from Wuhan to Heathrow uh, three times a day and un on, uh, on, Uh, molested in any way upon their entrance into the UK. Not even, I don't think, as now, at least the plane still coming direct from the uh, COVID outbreak hotspots, including Italy and China and uh, um, uh, New York, you know, uh, uh, these ones being uh, the case. I think now they give you like a little pamphlet or something and tell you that you should probably stay at home if you got the sniffles for... Sorry, I, I'm being a bit facetious now. I believe the instruction, including here, Canada, and maybe the States is all along a similar line, that when you fly in from a COVID outbreak hotspot, they recommend that you self-isolate for two weeks. But, but prior to like, you know... February, that wasn't even on the cards. You were just like, welcome from China. Hey, have you been to our Chinatown? Come on in. Woo. And, you know, that's not even accounting for the fact that, as mentioned, five million people had escaped from the Wuhan lockdown. That's now, you know, in uh, uh, January 22nd and and had dissipated into other Travel hubs of Asia, <laughs> You're not even like considering that they just went to their neighbor's house in the neighboring province. The likelihood was that they got as far as uh, Shanghai, which I think is only four or 500 clicks away in Chinese standards, you know, infinitesimal. And, uh, and that's before you think of the people that maybe even would have popped down, uh, walked across the borders that were not being closed pointedly in Hong Kong or entering into Hong Kong. I think it actually took... Uh, the threat of continued, because I was going to say threat of strike action, but I think they actually did initiate strike action. But there was a threat of continued strike action from the Hong Kong medical staff, including doctors and nurses, to actually uh, further leverage the government to finally uh, close the borders with mainland China, which they were reticent to do. So there's all kinds of reason to think that people from the Wuhan area would have not just got to Beijing or Shanghai uh, or Hong Kong but like you know throughout China to then go wherever they wanted really essentially uh, and that's not even to think of the specific threat Can you uh, Yes and that's not to sp- mention even the specific threat of flying just directly from the UK or from uh, Wuhan to the UK so we're in a we're in a very uh, uh, at at best a laughable lockdown if the intention of the government is to actually lock down and, and close off contamination routes or, or access points.
1: So let me just back up what you're saying there. This is an article from the Mail Online. Um, I'll also include articles from other news publications because I'm yeah. aware that some people go, oh, I'm not reading anything from the Daily Mail. forget that Hail! Um, Hail! are people and you get good and bad people, therefore you get sure. good and bad journalists. As so you do information. I don't write off anything... Yeah. Uh, that, you know, rather than a publication per se that I go, I'm not going to listen to that I tend to look at other journalists and yeah, go, I course. like what he's done in the past regardless of where he works or I don't like it but regardless, this is Chris Dyer yeah. 22nd of March uh, and it's coronavirus chaos at UK borders as flights from Italy, China and Iran, the countries with the biggest coronavirus death tolls, continue to arrive with up to 7,500 travellers entering Britain, Britain in a week. I forgot and it was Iran also. Uh, let me just read it so you can get an idea yeah, of the yeah, timeline yeah, sure. of it. Fly Flights carrying thousands of passengers from the worst-hit coronavirus areas are still landing in Britain. Yeah. Passengers from Italy, China, and Iran have arrived at Gatwick and Heathrow this week, even as the UK went into lockdown. <laughs> so, get it there. Yeah. So, that, so that's. Uh, so that's, you and I uh, shouldn't
0: go to the beach, and nobody should be in the in the dales hiking about, and uh, and they still got like. Uh, Uh, infection festivals arriving every day into the major hub airports it's it's beyond absurd it's uh anytime you know you see these sort of uh massive um uh defiances of logic we're you know we're into uh we're back again in the orwellian uh dialectic you know the that up is down and down is up and uh, no, that's not white, that's black. Are you crazy? <laughs> you know, like, just being uh, uh, gaslit. You're being gaslit.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the coronavirus still arriving, this yes. is an article from the Evening Standard.
0: Oh, tra- tra- may I interrupt? Test- okay, hold, hold the thought, Jim, remember as well <laughs> that what you've introduced is, is multiple different strains of coronavirus arriving, right? Like, it's not, it's not just that the coronavirus is not merging as one. You're bringing all kinds of different uh, known uh, uh, specific strains and some more virulent than others. And particularly uh, 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 Italy's and Iran's, to my knowledge, have uh, uh, similar strain and, um, and similar uh, mortalities and, and uh, catchfulness, you know.
1: I think um, in future episodes we can go into reasons that uh, Italy, I'm not sure about Iran, yeah. may have had yes. a higher than usual mortality rate because their normal flu mortality rate was higher. But yeah. uh, we can put that on a, in another um, another... Episode. Hopefully, you know we'll, we'll do this once a week or something like that. Yes,
0: of course. And now I'm sure uh, you're used to the expression. Uh, uh, what's what's the term in Islam? God God rest his soul. Or when you say um, if you if you speak of Muhammad's name, uh, what what's the term? Uh, like you exalt him if you say his name. Do you recognize that as a, as a, a behavior?
1: You're not talking about the infamous Alaw Akbar line, are you?
0: How how does uh, Al-Akbar translate specifically? Uh, there, uh, no, peace be upon him. Mohammed, peace be upon him. You recognize that? I've heard it, yeah. Okay, yeah. That, so that's like the, the kind of pattern of that, that speech. But I think from now on, Jim, when you speak of uh, Iran's uh, COVID statistics, now in, in future we always just have to say, <laughs> but we don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah it's just like a total black hole of any statistical reference point, isn't it? It's like a, Woo you can make noises about what might be happening, but as far as like any, you know, logical breakdown, we're just in never neverland. Sorry to interrupt, go ahead. No,
1: no, I completely agree. Yeah, um, thanks. speaking of the virus arriving in the UK. Yes. Uh, this is an article uh, from the evening standard. and
0: Another uh, trustworthy source? <laughs>
1: yeah, just trying to get the actual date on it. I think yeah. going from memory, it either hasn't loaded yet or it's not showing. Yeah. Uh, but from memory, I think this was um, this was very recent, as in the last couple of days. So uh, the headline reads, Coronavirus testing kits heading to the UK <laughs> yeah. found to be contaminated, contaminated with COVID-19. COVID-19. <laughs> Uh, it goes on, <laughs> testing kits which headed to the UK have been found to be con- contaminated with coronavirus. <laughs> the government has said it aims to boost the rate of tests to 25,000 every day by the end of April at the latest, and has asked private companies to help drive up test production. Yeah. But one production firm, Luxembourg-based manufacturer Eurofins, told UK Labs on Monday, uh, today's Wednesday, that deliveries would be delayed as core <laughs> had been contaminated with the virus, the Telegraph reported.
0: <laughs> it couldn't be more laughable. It's just unbelievable. As soon as you were talking about it, it reminded me of something you have on your Facebook wall of the uh, number of, of frontline medical staff, NHS staff who have been treated and it made me at the time I didn't, I didn't have uh, any water in my mouth, but I, but I like, uh, I spit taked, you know, <laughs> I just like, oh, Christ. of course, just another like laughable element of incompetence and lack of credibility of, of attacking whatever we're facing right now. It's incredible. And that's before I giggled to myself because I also knew, as I'm sure you know, also that, uh, there's already rumors of, if not uh, proof of, of NHS staff being threatened with dismissal if they disclose any issues with their, uh, with their supply issues. So it's just like, I believe that it seems, you know, pretty rational. Almost any business would have that type of uh, behavior associated with it or clause associated with it. But, but here you are now they're being like uh, miss uh, or, or poorly equipped It's the perfect storm. Not only are they poorly equipped, but they can't even talk about it. So it's just like, we're just in this madness of, uh, clearly they're not being tested to any great degree. The tests are known compromised. These are the tests that are thought to work if they arrive not contaminated. That's before you even parse How many of them are effective, and to what degree, and what are the false positives and false negatives that we keep hearing about? Is that associated with this test also, or is that only with the American tests that we know that to be the case with? How many times did you and I see all the way through late January, for sure, all of February, Jim, when the reports coming out of China were multiple tests? How long did it take them to finally test everybody on the Diamond Princess? That took like nearly a month, didn't it? It was just like they were crawling through passengers. Every day you'd be there with bated breath. How many did they test overnight? You know, 29, 42, like not many. And then there were the false uh, uh, negatives that went there where they released people that they said were now cured or not holding the, you know, the titers or the antibodies for COVID-19. They get put onto the transit system in Japan to go back to their home village, which they do, and then within a few days are found to actually be uh, contagious again, or not just contagious, but have contracted again, which presumably makes them contagious again. That's, that's not uh, deeply studied, but it's a known foible of this. The idea, and I've seen it pointed out, and I, I don't know if you have, but at least with a couple of different... Uh, uh, seemingly competent medical doctors or people with you know background in medicine assessing the reliability of the of the test kits and it's just at best been laughable it almost appears that the ones that the yanks first tried the american-made ones that they refused the uh the cdc's offer was it the cdc that offered the um or the world health organization my apologies offered I believe the U.S. CDC, their test kits, whichever, you know, lineage they're from, maybe from China also, to the Yanks who refused them. And I think you and I talked about this before, where the Yanks refused them for a test that tested for multiple viruses, three in fact. So they, it's a much more comprehensive swab. And then they found that in one of the chemical relationships, of one of the swabs of the three that break down from the single test was faulty or in some way wasn't uh, reading properly, which negated all of the tests on the swab, the three different tests of the the breakdown from one swab. And that put the Yanks back, I believe a month, It, it was for sure a couple of weeks, but that's a known element of this, that from the time that they realized they really had a problem, certainly in Seattle, That they weren't able to even test anybody for at least a a couple of weeks, but probably a month following because they thought that they would go, you know, trailblaze on their own. So all of these things, Jim, just lead to, again, at least a couple of doctors that I've seen that have just said any sense that uh, a COVID-19 test is, is in any way worthy of even caring about because it's so unreliable. But it just makes all of the numbers laughable. It's it just the whole thing is farcical to me in terms of like how you can rely on the Chinese data to then look at how the Italian data has just been the interpretation of it has been eviscerated on many different platforms have gone into it to see that they're using different criteria in their assessment of, of, uh, you know, the uh, fatalities, certainly. So it seems like it's just, it's not just apples to oranges, but everything to do with testing is just like farcical to more ridiculous.
1: I can forgive the testing because it's a new virus. It's a a novel virus. Uh, But what I can't forgive is, uh, and anyone that wants to look at what Craig said, I haven't got the article there, but you can just put in, CDC admits false negatives, false positives, and you can see what Craig's talking about that. I think that goes back to about six weeks ago now. But backing up what you just said now, this is inexcusable for for reasons I'll go on to. This is Dennis Campbell and Heather Stewart at The Guardian, and it's doctors threaten to quit NHS over shortage of protective kit. Call for NHS recruits to tackle COVID-19 undermined by lack of essential supplies. And this is last Tuesday, the 24th of March. Now, one can forgive the testing kits because it's a new thing, it's being rushed along. That's However, the P-P-P. idea that the NHS should not have the correct protective gear uh, is for, for anything because you could always get some sort of outbreak or something. You, you're in a hospital environment where you would want to limit cross-infections as a standard before yeah. coronavirus even <laughs> entered yeah. the common vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Nothing to do with COVID-19, damage, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. damning yeah. indictment yeah. of yeah. the... Uh, conservative austerity measures, and, and let me just quantify that yeah, with sure, what ahead. I call the pro wrestling paradigm. To yeah, say yeah, oh because yeah. I've just taken a pop at the Tories yeah. does not mean that I voted uh, for Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> just because I say I love cats doesn't mean that <laughs> I, hate I hate dogs. dogs. <laughs> and so the idea of the whole social media thing of it must be some kind of one or the other—that's well, not what I'm about. I'm about asking questions from a political atheist point of view. So just because I'm taking a pop at the Tories doesn't mean I was a fan of Corbyn.
0: (laughs) To to make make clear, I have to make clear in what you've just said that all of this we have to realize, not only do they not have proper stockpiles of PPE, which you and I both know should have zero to do with the specificity of this particular threat, in terms of like a biohazard, which is essentially what it is. So COVID-19 has nothing to do with the fact that a modern uh, medical infrastructure should have capabilities for its staff if there's a major outbreak, especially, Jim, I always have to stress this, especially when you are involved, deeply and comprehensively in the manufacture and production of both chemical and biological weapons <laughs> when, okay, that's, uh... when you're actually doing that. <laughs> the fact that on the fringes of your manufacturing industry that you have zero medical societal, preparation should there be any breach of which there are countless breaches that's a known element of that type of behavior
1: i don't think it's zero i just don't think it's enough um i don't think they have zero preparation that's not what the nurse <laughs> oh are saying. no but they, know they, they, saying. no no they they it's have it's wonderfully inadequate yes they're
0: inadequately Ill. equipped which you and i both know from a biological hazard point of view is enough to be defunct right like if you're using that mask twice, it, your it's defunct. If you if you don't have other people in masks to remove your mask at the end of the shift, it's defunct. Anywhere in the chain, any any weak point in the in the uh, sanitary bubble is is a complete collapse of that bubble. And that's you know why I, I say if they're if they're a little bit under equipped, it's a complete disaster in that setting that setting needs like literally they need to have like a, a comedic number of boxes of of things to play with right like they need to have that as backup because that's what an outbreak consists of that's that's the pressure of of the we could call it the bottleneck that they're trying to prevent in the nhs system by by uh um, quarantining us in our homes, right? They're they're trying to. to what's the what's the expression again? To um, reduce the social distancing. No, no, no. Reducing the uh, the bubble. Flattening the, the curve. Flattening the curve. This is the idea of that. And and the only way the curve can be flattened is if you've got medical staff who are in adequate medical equipment, essentially just to protect their numbers, because they're essentially going to be involved in the curve no matter how long it's elongated, you know, that.
1: Let me load up another article for you to just back up your other point about the nurses being threatened uh, over speaking out about this. Um, Just to back up what you were saying there, allow this uh, article from The Guardian to just load up for me, Uh, NHS staff gagged over coronavirus shortages, doctors and nurses' warned not to discuss lack of protective kit, medic's claim. And this is from Dennis Campbell, and this is, is on Tuesday, the 31st of March. So this is yeah. only yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, not only yeah. do they not have the correct yeah. kit, yeah. but they are, uh, well, i read the article. Are they gagged. are been gagged from speaking out about widespread shortages it's of personal fragile. protective equipment that they fear could risk their lives from the coronavirus, Frontline medic's claim. <laughs> Statistically accurate,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I knew I'd seen it, Jim. I just didn't realize, you know, what what the veracity of it was. But I knew I'd I'd gone through that and and had seen that there were some threats.
1: Tactics being used to deter staff from voicing their unease include threatening emails, the possibility of disciplinary action, and in two cases, being sent home from work. Some doctors have been giving a ticking off after managers were irritated by material they had posted on social media.
0: So no different than the Communist Chinese Party. <laughs> Essentially, the only the only difference is how they're going to um, take them off the vine. Whether they're actually going to uh, to kill them, like the 33 uh, year old ophthalmologist, uh, as is, is rumored. <laughs> Yes, allegedly. Uh, As is rumored. Allegedly, yes. Uh, Or if they're just going to, like they're doing to us, kill us socially, you know, uh, depress us, take away the livelihood of a doctor or a nurse, take away their shifts. How do you threaten people like that? Obviously, they're underhanded and insipid ways, the ones I just mentioned. So I'm being somewhat facetious, Jim, but the truth is when you tell somebody who is told by their political structure, or their societal structure, or their, their upbringing, that they're free, not just free, but they live in a society that is a paragon of freedom. And then they're told by their like middle management or, you know, upper management, that they're not allowed to speak their mind under threat of their livelihood, perhaps being taken away or being struck off or who knows what they're threatening. That's just like it's as draconian as you get. It's the you know what's the difference if you're on the street here or if you're on the street in Belarus? It's not you know nobody nobody cares that the name was different on the deed or the you know or the bank that you had that has no money in the account now makes any difference. It's no odds. It's just the same you know. It's it's societal factors being manipulated to uh, to instill fear to maintain uh, an untrue narrative. Couldn't be more, couldn't be more diabolical, really, to, to Well, consider. the
1: rich people will have at least the quilted toilet paper, I would have thought. <laughs> that might make a difference. Uh, but speaking of draconian, yes. um, we've got, uh, we're currently in a lockdown. Now, I'd like to make it clear, I'm not advocating for or against the lockdown. I'm looking okay. at the facts surrounding yeah, 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 it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a fact. Um, this is from the Washington Times, and I'll also put on there a link to our UK government's own website confirming this later yeah. when we, we do that. So do check out my Facebook page, Jim Grant Comedy, or the Cruise Facebook page um, that this is going to be on. So yeah. um, this is an article from the Washington Times on Thursday, the March 26th. Before lockdown, Britain quietly downgraded status of virus threat. Just days before UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced a nationwide lockdown to contain the coronavirus epidemic, health officials in Britain quietly lowered the official threat of the pandemic, saying the COVID-19 virus did not meet the criteria to qualify as a high-consequence infectious disease. So let me just look, just days before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just days before the lockdown. Mm -hmm. So in time... To not have the lockdown, or have it at least affect the decision to lockdown, they still decided to go forward. And then, how many days after was the uh, was the reassessment by Neil Ferguson from University College London, and his um, what was it half a million souls down to the likelihood of no more than twenty thousand, if that? There was a many magnitudes over uh, overreaction, as he unfortunately is famous for doing with the swine flu outbreak. So there's a there's a pattern there, and um, that's a you know that's a frustrating element of of this as well that I'm sure other people are aware of. There are many different like glaring um, uh, 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 idiosyncratic issue spots, let's say the least. One being that to my knowledge right now, and you may have the facts there in front of you, we are not even in a particularly high fatality season of of flus full stop. So even with the additional COVID-19 deaths, those that can be associated with it, it still doesn't bring, if those were added to the seasonal flu numbers, the seasonal flu numbers into, uh, into even a notable year over at least the last five years. So we're in a very odd paradox that you know, we're, we're told incessantly that flu deaths are, are huge and astronomical. And then suddenly something that comes along that really isn't going to touch on anywhere close to an average flu death season in its uh, in its mortality is has got everybody locked in their homes you know and that's you know as well i must say jim you know also that i'm knowledgeable in it's much more or it's believed to be its properties are far more uh contagious you know the it's an 80 percent contagion i think it was early days and the lancet was reporting that if you go into a room with five people in it and you have covid 19 four of them are going to get it like you know 80 percent for sure of contacts are going to contract and then there's of course that fluctuating but somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 15 percent uh, of people will require hospitalization or, or uh, 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 um, ICU uh, advanced medical care. So that in itself, that's a, you know, that's a different complexion. That's not true of of a normal flu, and we know that. So there's a chance and there's a reason why you want to soften the curve because you don't want your medical system to be dealing not just with the fatalities, which may or may not be much higher than your average flu, but with the people who need advanced medical care, which will be in all likelihood higher than those numbers. So we can understand that we don't want that kind of, you know, overwhelmed atmosphere in any hospital, and that's not gonna help outcomes of anything, including stubbing your toe or getting you know, falling off your bicycle at the same time. So we we know those elements of it are true as well. And another element of it that doesn't get talked about very much but is true is the number of people that do come out of the COVID-19 uh, uh, um, uh, contraction to, um, to have experienced it in the few that are proven through tests or you know authentic symptom interpretation to know that they for sure had it to find that there's not uh, um, uh, uncommonly not just lung, but cardiac damage. You know that's that's an element too that isn't a parallel with your seasonal flu. So just I I'd, yeah, I'd like to lay a groundwork that you and I are both you know uh, aware and knowledgeable that we're not spouting off. We're not those kind of people that are just saying that it's nothing and it's the same as a flu and that there are there are characteristics of it that are unique and they deserve to be delved into and and appreciated. But because of a lot of what we're talking about now, we are seeing that there's um, non-comparative studies being overlaid with each other as like for like, and that's really clouding any interpretation that you could uh, try and find accurately from this, you know?
1: For sure. Um, I'm not in saying that I don't think the lockdown hasn't helped to reduce that. Um, I think we're now at the point that we need to ask serious questions because number one priority is saving life. And I think social distancing has helped that. I think the lockdown has helped that. But it's an important question to ask at which point the lockdown becomes counterproductive.
0: And more damaging.
1: Damage to food supply. For sure power supply, the uh, effect of uh, operations being cancelled in the NHS, at which point do we say the lockdown, I don't dispute the lockdown is doing good, but at which point does it do more harm than it is doing good? And uh, I'll bring up some articles on that, but it's important to point out at this point, this virus is, I do believe this virus is nasty. Yep. I think that this lockdown has helped, but I'm now at the point that I'm asking two questions. One, is it counterproductive to continue past the three-point period? And two, I need to ask its uh, efficacy, considering um, that we see uh, the London Underground swamped with people. And please, again, the pro-wrestling paradigm, please don't think I'm calling for the London Underground to be shut down because I'm pointing out that it's... uh, that it, that it could be a place where people get infected, yeah. uh, as, as opposed to people being harassed on the Lake District. I ask whether that. These are all genuine questions. Yeah, that yeah I think valid. That we are, As we've seen over yeah. the weekend of police busting up parties and things based mm. on those grounds. Yeah. And again, please don't think that I'm advocating or defending those people partying. I'm asking the questions as opposed this new law comes to our constitutional rights. And people will say we, we don't have a constitution, in Britain. I think we do. I yeah. think we do have the Magna Carta from 1215 from which things <laughs> are basically coming from that. So bring it up the asking, big MC.
0: Yeah,
1: i So I'll just bring up something um, about the uh, the London Underground at this point. If you want to, yes. your voice um, on yeah. the the efficacy of this lockdown and where, and pros versus cons. I'll sure. bring up a couple of more articles. Great. Yeah,
0: uh, I think um, uh, to just further to to what you're saying, that um, now, investigatively, you've probably seen some things on it. Uh, I'd like to get to the bottom of, um, and where was I thinking of it when, in what you were speaking of? Uh,
1: well, wh- while you're thinking about that, yeah. the article uh, I've got is just about to load. Right. Uh, or at least it should have done. Um, it's an article from... Uh, the Metro, I believe it's currently loading. Yeah. And um, it, I just want to actually read it verbatim because sure. it's, I'll see you under it with a, a straight face. Yeah. It's from Tuesday, the 3rd of March, and it's from The Metro. It's by Zoe Druitt, yeah. and the headline reads No Risk of Catching Coronavirus on, on the, the tube, tube, says Sadiq Khan. Yes. I'll just go. Yeah, 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 yeah I remember Khan. that has said there is no risk <laughs> of people capturing coronavirus while travelling on buses or trains in the capital.
0: Such a <laughs> nab- just such a knobaholic. It's just so beyond. You know, all of this has happened or that was commented on long after the cruise ship had been focused on by the, you know, the international public, long after several uh quite quite uh, uh high profile reports had come out on how how well the the virus apparently does on various different surfaces of study you know these are it's just so far down the road that
1: it's a basic misunderstanding of how any cold or flu is transferred to anyone with exactly. COVID-19 or exactly. anything else exactly. It's it shows a real lack of understanding at the of, most of, basic of levels yes. and one must question whether you want a leader with such a lack of um, understanding yes. in times of great crisis and again please don't think that this is somehow an yes, endorsement of anyone else for Mayor of London I wouldn't even know who the <laughs> where to debate. start i wouldn't even know okay. candidates coming up in the future are i have no idea but I, just I reserve the right to point fit, out a
0: knob <laughs> even a small but
1: no risk of catching coronavirus on the <laughs> yeah, tube. I-,
0: I know it's like it's like the belief that if you lie big that that they won't question it it has that kind of resonance to it rather than just like uh you know one of the great things about london definitely and england definitely almost any place in the world definitely is the the you know some tethering of the public consciousness to common sense it's just like that's counter to common sense when when you say things that are counter to common sense it doesn't make anybody feel better about their behavior it just makes them feel like you're an idiot and and then they can't trust you it's such a bizarre thing for a statesperson to present in a public forum and i guess some misguided and i've seen it defended i don't know if you have as well maybe this gives you some insight to it if you haven't it's defended by people who say that they appreciate what he did because they didn't want him to cause panic <laughs> to like to actually properly inform people with just like the most basic logic on earth is to potentially send them off the deep end <laughs> What? You can, what you can you can get fucking a, a flu off a off a pole on a bus? <laughs> you know, what am I three again? You know is this my mum talking? Like people are just you know going to be that ignorant. It's not just that, but dovetail it into the article I read
1: out earlier about flights coming into Heathrow. Yeah. Doesn't the tube service Heathrow?
0: Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that is one of. One of the main vectors for injecting from the most uh, virulent hotspots of COVID nineteen around the world into the working heart of of London as a city, you know, it's just beyond. Uh, it's where it's one of the few places where essential workers are congregating to. You know, disseminate their services throughout a vibrant hub of of human activity that they're injecting from the airport, you know, x amount of times a day. It's just be. It's again. I've said this before a hundred times on social media. It's the case. The idea that they did not want this to be pervasively throughout society, you know, saturating, is as a seeding process. From external forces like the airport we're discussing, is just laughable. There's just no. It's it's another thing that, of course, as discussed briefly earlier in the conversation, undermines the idea that that they have some um, logical explanation for the quarantine because it's it's taking place simultaneously. They're un, They're they're two. Uh, they're they're two cross purposes. You can't claim to want one and then let the other happen unabated. And that's what they're doing. It's just beyond, you know, the, the, the effect that you could possibly have by going downtown and, in, in, you know, licking every bus shelter that you came across or, or every, uh, you know, lamppost couldn't possibly be as as caustic as what they allow to come into the airport every day. It's it's, yeah. it's just like you know it, it, the, the imbalance between the two things is is beyond compare.
1: Speaking of uh, from Sadiq Khan of a leader who is clearly clueless, yes, uh, um, we'll go to leaders who were clearly not clueless. May I just, it, yeah, let me interrupt or, you to
0: say as well. Uh, just let me further undermine this yeah. man, if I if I may, that you cannot speak out for women and empowering women on Women's Day if you're doing it from a building that has a women's entrance that is functional and is enforced. You just can't. That is one of the huge like, you know, uh, a great uh, revelations of hypocrisy. And I, and I say this not to do with anybody's religious beliefs or anybody's uh, particular religion, but if you're like contributing to the function of a of a building that has both men and women entrances and enforces women to enter through one, you as a man, regardless of your political affiliations, cannot enter into that building and then pontificate about women's rights. You just can't.
1: Just like, to extrapolate, what yeah. uh, building are you talking about?
0: A mosque, particularly the mosque that uh, that Sadiq Khan is, uh, is a member of, there's no, you know, you can't, I say like, I don't, I don't know what the ramifications are in Islam. If you want to like, you know, be a broken arrow and, and pray on your own or whatever, but you cannot, you cannot empower and contribute to, uh, an archaic, uh, uh, anachronism, abomination of the past. And I, you can do it. I understand like free, free, um, uh, worship. I understand that gym a hundred percent. You can do it, but then don't speak about women's rights. <laughs> like, that's all. That's all. That's all. I don't get like, I don't give a shit what, you know, if you go into a Billy's got wheel, you guys do some weird stuff, you know, whatever. I don't give no shits, but like, don't then talk about women's rights. That's all. You know, it's, it's not like, it's not that complicated. It's just like my mom used to talk about it. It's old school. You've seen it here a hundred times. It's just like for North Americans, Canadians, particularly a younger country, we're not used to men's and women's exit the entrances and exits. We're not used to boys and girls doors. That's a that's a very British archaic thing in our in our you know understanding of the world. So it's not like it's not like I only know it from like mosques. What are mosques doing? It's all the mosques it's nothing to do with that. It's just like the practice of women not being able to come into the same door at the pub, as a man, is like again they could be doing it down the street, Jim. I could give a fuck, but don't go there for your pints and then talk about women's rights on a, on another day. That's all. Like, that's all. That's all. You know. It's uh, well. Will, after this lockdown has ended, will there be
1: any pubs in Britain left? I wonder. To- to show that. Well, yeah, let me let me
0: interrupt you again to say on that, Jim, and you already know about it, but it, it's a powerful thing. It's not just the pubs, you know, of course, they might be defunct and blah, blah, blah. But you know what's missing? What's going to be missing? People with a fucking pot to piss in to go and drink in them. That's what's missing, right? It's not just that the, the pub doesn't die because they're out of booze. They die because you and I can't stumble down there and have a pint at night. That's what's ter- that's that's what's terrifying about your career and my career comedically, that we are the people that make the people in the pub laugh on a more, you know, simple level. Right. And and the fact that they're not even going to be there to be leaning on the bar, let alone to like come and congregate to, to give us an audience. That's what's so you know terrifying. Sorry to interrupt what you're saying.
1: No, what I was thinking—we're approaching around the half-hour mark now. I'm okay. thinking it's so much for us to yeah. digest. I'm thinking um, that's pretty we
0: good start, though. Another, huh?
1: another podcast um, at some in the next couple of days. May, yeah, two, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. To, and, to uh, dovetail uh, in, we
1: should cover. We should cover economic impacts yeah. of uh, the lockdown in terms yeah. of food supply, medical yeah. supply shortages, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, economic impacts. Yeah. We should. Uh, I also want to cover. Uh, the origin of the virus we were, yep. i think all so that, i think that's what we should do for our next podcast nice is, i
0: like that um, and, and let me say one thing that i'd like to cover is or find out even a little bit more about in the interim couple of days if we do that um yeah. is the mystery of uh the not very busy hospitals you've you've heard about i'm sure right i've heard about yeah. them but um, so i was gonna i was gonna mention when you were talking about uh about um the 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 medical staff in the UK and the PPE shortage and all that that it, it's not happening at all hospitals that's a curious bit so yeah for, yeah. for
1: sure I mean I've got friends at work in the NHS that said yeah. they're seeing seeing coronavirus all over the place so I, yeah, mean, right. I, I don't think that's what we, we got to
0: find out then
1: but I think what we can definitely do for our next podcast is looking at the origins of uh, well theories around the origins and I'd yeah. like to point out that they are all theories at this point yeah, it's sure. a novel virus we've not seen before yeah. originating in a government uh, that is known for its um dystopic duplicity control of information and <laughs> in its citizens yeah. so <laughs> yeah. So we're very much in the realms of theories for everything, but we'll look at alternative theories on that. And we'll cover a wide spectrum of that. And I'm not going to be putting forward, here's what I think I'm going to be putting forward, here is a load of articles I think we should take into consideration. So we should look at that for our next podcast. Yeah, I've got a few in
0: mind for your origins suggestion as well. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Origins and impacts. Yeah, I think those are our two things for our next thing, because I don't think we should do these podcasts for too long. But just to round off what I reckon should be our last article of the evening, is yeah. um, not every leader around the world, Craig, was as inept about viruses as Sadiq Khan. Some of them knew exactly what the impact of virus would have, at least economically. This is an article from uh, Microsoft News, uh, which I think is reiterating Fox News, I think. Diane Feinstein, three Senate colleagues, sold off stocks before coronavirus crash reports. Uh, Senator Diane Feinstein of California and three of her Senate colleagues sold off stocks worth millions of dollars in the days before the outbreak, crashed <laughs> the mark. So there you go. Not every leader around the world is inept. Um they're ka-ching,
0: very they're of some of them. Yeah, what's what's it worth per body, I wonder? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's for someone else to work out another time. Pleasure talking as always, Jim. Yeah, so
1: um, we should tell people what we. I think we plan to do. I think we're trying to open up a, a Gab account, a Brighton account, which is yeah. an alternative to YouTube. Yeah. We're going to try and put this on as many platforms uh, alternative to the big boys like Facebook and YouTube as possible, yeah. because I foresee a time where the, uh, the eye of Sauron regards us, even though all we're doing is reiterating Information from the mainstream, yeah. I think the Eye of may decree us to be um, spreaders of disinformation. Uh, so let, let's think ahead and put it on too hard to board.
0: handle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, my yeah. Facebook page where I'm going to be posting this stuff on is yeah. Jim Grant Comedy. I've also yeah. created the, the Cruise Facebook page. Nice. So, but uh, well, I'll, I'll put that paste on my thing so people can find it there initially we'll use those yeah. platforms initially to put this information out and um a big thank you to you craig because you're going to be doing all the editing
0: ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I realized that as we were talking i think it's going to uh i think it's going to be pretty simple though it looks like um the only thing i was worried about was uh, running out of space or uh, overheating and it's on my bare legs and everything's good so uh so we're, we're off to the races so I and, and i was to... thinking as well that we might not even make 10 minutes but now we're at what you know probably close to 40 so amazing
1: yeah so I just want to reiterate to people we are going to be doing this podcast in the future we're not going to be here telling you what to think we're going to be presenting different points of view to for you to make up your own mind Mm -hmm. and always be wary that the mainstream media were the people that told you about weapons of mass destruction and there was no alternative to bailing out the banks when Iceland had an alternative option we're looking at different sources what's going on here. That's what I'm going to say. Thank you uh, for watching. Good, whatever time you're watching here. Thank you for pressing play, whatever time of day it is you're watching. And uh, thank you very much for listening. And um, yeah.